Welcome to Design in Confidence, hosted by me, Stefano Bellucci Sessa. I'm a creative coach, speaker, and facilitator, helping people and businesses design innovative experiences together. Design in Confidence is a podcast for designers, innovators, creative leaders, or just anyone who wants to change. I will share learnings, tips, and reflections on how mindfulness and design can build creative confidence, improve emotional intelligence, and manage mental health. In this episode, I will share with you what I wish I knew on how to mindfully design your next career move. With next career move, I mean that I want to share with you my learnings on all the times I've asked myself, should I stay in this job or should I leave it? Should I apply for this other job? Which job offer should I accept? Should this freelance collaboration become a full-time contract? Before I move forward, I want to say that if you have any specific question on any of these, let me know at designingconfidence.com and I will dedicate specific episodes on them in the future. In confidence, I struggle a lot with these questions. One of the reasons is that I started asking them to myself late in my career. I stayed in my first job for too long without realizing the compromises I was making. I felt guilty about how this undermined my career progress and it started to create a vicious circle because I didn't want to make those compromises anymore. And I started staring at my next career move or project, a little bit like Frodo from The Lord of the Rings, stares at the One Ring. He stares and he can hear a voice. The next project needs to be perfect. It's less scary than that, but my career choices had often negative impact on my well-being and work-life balance. And I still feel the sense of guilt and need for perfection. I accept it. But I also accept that every job will come with some sort of compromise. That's why I developed a framework that helps me accept these compromises, acknowledge the benefits, and compare current career with potential next career steps, and make an informed decision. And because I wish I had this clarity earlier, I want to share this framework with you. The framework makes me think of seven different aspects of a career choice. People, anecdotes, learnings, requisites, impact, finance, and passion. Yes, they might sound obvious, but that's probably also why we take them for granted and not mindfully pay attention to them or find information about them during job interviews. And that's why I like to call them the seven rings, to remind myself that they are precious, but also that there is no one to rule them all. Extreme focus on one will bring too much compromise on the others and impacting in the short, medium or long term on your well-being. They are not in order of importance and I'm not suggesting which ones are more important than others. I'm not suggesting that they are all important. I'm suggesting you to pay attention to all of them and to think how important each one is to you now. Because it's subjective and because it changes with time since every phase of your life has different well-being and work-life balance needs. And remember that when you compare yourself to others and to whatever I'm gonna say about my life, and I care about saying this because I'm aware of all the privileges I was born with and those I earn with time, like the savings I have now that allow me to start this podcast without financial income, and I understand that you might not relate with me for my examples but I will share them anyway to bring to life how the framework might help you accept and deal with the compromises of your specific situation. For example, in my experience, I avoided compromises, like a salary that was too low for my needs at the time, or 
I made compromises for a trade-off, like an internship that had low financial income, but brought many learning opportunities. Or make a temporary compromise, for example, starting a job with low financial income, but aiming to have a pay rise soon. Or compensate the compromises I'm making. So for example, volunteering opportunities that had no financial income, I had to compromise by putting less effort and time on them. Let's talk more about the finance ring, which is probably the loudest one because society always talks about it. As everything is not black and white, but it's a spectrum. A spectrum that goes by the extreme version of money can't buy happiness and the extreme version of money is power. Let's look at these two. Yes, money can't buy happiness, but it helps. Should be obvious to many, but it's worth saying you need to fulfill your basic needs, eating, breathing and shelter. We need money, but also to invest on the other rings, like paying for a course to learn something new, or being able to afford to not have additional job in your spare time, so that you can spend it with people that you like. Or take a sabbatical to focus on a passion project, like a podcast. Let's move forward. I remind you that on the other side of the spectrum there was money is power. Yes, money is power, but power is nothing without control. I won't spend too much time here. It's basically what the cheesy or serious movies show you. With a guy focusing on money and undermining the rest of their life and the loved ones. So let's talk about the people ring. The people ring has two different aspects, culture and career progression. With culture, I mean that you work with nice people. Lacking colleagues brings to better teamwork and also a sense of belonging. While this lacking colleague is a big compromise to make. Fortunately, it never happened to me. But I can share with you the problems of being on the opposite side of the spectrum. When colleagues are friends or almost a family, that's great. But when a job starts to bring you more compromises, liking people becomes a disincentive to leave. In that case, being surrounded by people you like, including the ex-colleague, can be satisfied outside of your career. It's okay to leave, as long as you have a career that brings you a good work-life balance and well-being. The other aspect of the people ring is career progression. That means collaborating with someone for future career moves. For example, where you temporarily freelance or collaborate with someone because they might hire you in future, or because it's a good networking opportunity, or because having that company name on your CV is good for the future. In this case, the people ring overlaps with the anecdotes ring. Let's look at it. The anecdote ring reminds me that current and next career moves are the credential of future career moves. That because you might want a specific job in years, might require you to share anecdotes that while you work with specific people, that you gather specific learnings, that you master specific requisites, that you achieved a specific impact, that you are a specific finance level, and that you have passion for what you do. You can find more about the anecdote rings and about how I deal with the two extremes about being concerned or not concerned about any project that goes in my portfolio on any episode about portfolios. As well it happens with the next ring, which is the learning ring. The learning ring is one of my favorites. And because of my mindset as well, because I try to learn from anything. And I do like it, but sometimes it doesn't make me realize when I'm making compromises on the learning ring itself. 
because in reality I do make compromises on it. And that happens when I gather learnings that is not needed, for example because I'm not interested or it's something that I already know, or something that is not gonna help my career, or because I'm missing out better learning elsewhere. And that happens for example if I'm working on project A, which allowed me to learn workshop facilitation for example, and I miss out because project B will allow me to learn that much better. The learning ring is the one that many people make mistakes about though, because the more we advance with our career, the less attention we put on it. And that's because at the beginning we prioritize learning on when we study or when we do an internship, and then with time we just learn how to do things and we don't realize that we're not learning anymore. That happened to me too. About the learning ring, it's also important to say that some work environments might leave more room for learning than others, like startups or if you have a good manager. That's because your employee is more likely to allow compromises on the requirement ring without many risks. Let's look at the requirement ring. Most of the time you're gonna compromise between how much you will learn on a project and how much you're really required to be able to do the job. Besides your ability, there are other aspects of the requirements ring, which are effort and time required. That is going to depend by how far the job is, the type of the job, but also the expectations from the stakeholders of the project, but also yourself. Not making compromises here on the effort and time you put on a project, which is something that happens with some personalities and in some organization. On the other side of the spectrum, we have too many compromises on the requirements ring for the sake of learning, finance, or just gather an anecdote. I'm talking about all the projects without the right skills, time, and effort, which are those projects that move forward by the mentality of fake it until you make it. And uh, if you're familiar with this podcast, you might know how much I'm a fan of learning by doing and also good enough. But if you take these to the extreme, you're gonna impact the next ring, the impact ring. The impact ring is divided into different groups, agency and project purpose. With agency, I mean whether the project is likely to be successful. Some projects aren't feasible, which is something that is not easy to be aware of and to accept by many. And that happens when too much compromise is made on the requirements ring from you, also from whoever is managing the project, that they are setting it up to fail, and that might become a waste of resources and time. With project's purpose, I mean, is this topic something that you care about? Will you be satisfied when the aim of the project will be accomplished? This is something really important to me, because we are in a world with many big problems, from social injustice to the climate emergency. As a designer, I want my impact to be part of the solution, not the problem. In the past years, I didn't make any compromises here. My life has been changing a lot, and I might have to start to make some compromises here. And it's okay. This framework will help me do it, mindfully making them, so I can manage their impact on my well-being. Sometimes making extreme compromises on the impact ring is useful though. And then when it's not about the project's purpose, it doesn't matter to you. You're doing because of your own purpose, which might be related to any other rings. For example, passion projects. Let's look at the passion ring. I wasn't really sure 
whether to add the passion ring at this list, because passion feels dependent by all the other rings, just like I didn't put well-being or work-life balance as rings. However, many people do projects just because they like doing it. Sometimes what makes them passionate about it isn't the impact, the people, the learnings, the finance of being able to practice the skill, but it's something else, which is more abstract. So that's why I left the passion ring here, a little bit undefined. Maybe if I ever find out what the ring really means, I will let you know in future. Or help me out. Let me know how you mindfully design your next career move. Go to designingconfidence.com. There you can see how to contact me and also find out relevant resources and people I found inspiring for this and other talks. Like the Wheel of Life and the Maslow Hierarchy of Need, which I recommend you to look at if the rings don't work for you. And if you found this inspiring, please leave a review and share this podcast. Tell people why you think this podcast helped your creative confidence. Become someone else's safe space to talk about these topics and to find support in building their creative confidence. Because if you got this far, I'm sure you're a great listener, which I thank you for. And now, it's time for me to shut up, so that you can listen to your thoughts after this episode. And remember to thank yourself for the time you spent to learn and grow.